You know, I don't know about y'all, but I'm just glad to be saved. Amen. <laughs> Amen. I'm glad the Lord came up from the grave and saved this old wretched sinner. And I'm not much, I'm not much better of a person since the Lord saved me, but I know one thing, I'm going to heaven. Amen. I know where I'm going. And this is the best, this is one of the most exciting times for any kind of Christian is uh, Resurrection Sunday because this is what separates us out from all the other religions. But look at Acts chapter 1, please. Look at Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 1. The former treats have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach. Now Luke had wrote this. He wrote the Gospel of Luke to Theophilus. Now he's writing the book of Acts to Theophilus. And he's telling him, this is why I wrote it. Until verse 2, until the day in which he was taken up. After that, he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days, and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. Now notice there in verse 3 it says, To whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs. That word infallible means it's undeniable, it's true. Now, if you got the wrong Bible, it might say convincing truths. Convincing is when you're trying to convince somebody of something. We're not trying to convince somebody of anything. This is true. It don't matter what you believe or don't believe. It's true that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. And the Bible says it's an infallible proof. He's got infallible proof. So this morning... I want to preach this morning on some infallible proofs, some undeniable truths that Jesus Christ came up from the grave. The Bible says it's infallible proofs that he's alive. Let's start over in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I'm not going to keep you very long this morning. Look at verse 3. This isn't all the proofs that Jesus Christ is alive, but this is some of the undeniable truths that Jesus Christ is alive. This is just some of them. There's many of them, the Bible says. There's many infallible proofs, but this is just going to be a little few of them that I'm going to give you this morning. And I'm not going to keep you very long, but first, look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 3. And this is Paul talking about the gospel. He says, here's the gospel. For I delivered unto you, first of all, that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures. That's the gospel. The gospel is Jesus Christ died for your sins according to this book. Verse 4, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. So the gospel is Jesus Christ died for your sins, he was buried, and he rose again on the third day. It's a risen Savior. That's what the gospel is. Verse 5, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that, he was seen above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present. But some are fallen asleep or have passed away, gone, gone on to be with the Lord. After that, he was seen of James, then of all the apostles. And last of all, he was seen of me, Paul. says he was seen of me also as one born out of due time. Guys, here's one of the infallible proofs, undeniable truths that Jesus Christ is alive. There's over 500 witnesses that seen him alive. Now think about that for a second. I mean, wrap your mind around this. If we were to take this to the court of law, and we're just going to any courtroom in any land, and we start bringing in, parading in 500 people who will stand up, 500 people from all walks of life. We've got scholars, we've got religious leaders, we've got fishermen, we've got carpenters, we've got people who are unbelievers, like Paul, who will stand on a witness stand and say, I seen this man, Jesus Christ, alive. 
and you bring them for a court of law, and you bring in 12 jurors, impartial jurors, and sit them down there, there's only one verdict they could bring in. The foreman would have to stand up and say, we can't explain it, we don't know how it works, but the verdict is, Jesus Christ is alive. That's the only verdict that could be brought in. 500 witnesses. This isn't just some of his little followers that claim they've seen him. This is over 500 of them. Seeing Jesus Christ walking among them, talking with them, eating with them. Not just a spiritual body, a physical body. Jesus Christ, like a, a JW might teach you, didn't just come up from the grave like some kind of spiritual being. He came up with a physical body. He was eating and drinking. This is Jesus Christ alive forevermore. 500 witnesses seen Jesus Christ alive. Now turn to Matthew 27. There's one of the truths and the proofs. There's no way you take this to a court of law, it would hold up. They might not be able to explain it. They might not understand it, but it would hold up in a court of law. You can't bring 500 witnesses in and that seen one event and say, well, no, we just, they're all liars. 500 of them from all parts, walks of life. We even have an unbeliever saying he's seen them alive. An unbeliever. Paul said, I seen him alive on the road to Damascus. Bam, he struck me down. He talked to me. I seen him. Matthew 27, verse 62. Now, the next day that followed the day of the preparation, the chief priests and the Pharisees came together unto Pilate. Now, this is after Jesus Christ has been crucified. This is when Jesus Christ is being put into the tomb. And they sang, Sir. Now, this is the, this is the Pharisees that crucified Jesus Christ. In verse 63, saying, Sir, we remember that that deceiver, talking about Jesus Christ was a deceiver to them, said, While he was yet alive, after three days I will rise again. And that's exactly what Jesus said. Verse 64, Command, therefore, that the sepulcher be made sure until the third day, lest his disciples come by night and steal him away. Say unto the people, He is risen from the dead. So they're saying, So we need to make sure this tomb is sealed up. There's no way they can get to the body, because if they get to the body, they're going to steal the body away. And his disciples, they're going to steal the body away, and they're going to say, see, he's risen again. His body is no longer around. So the last error, the end of verse 64, so the last error shall be worse than the first. So really worried that the disciples are going to have something to do with Jesus Christ and stealing his body away. Verse 65, Pilate said unto him, ye have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as ye can. So they went and made the sepulcher sure, sealing the stone and setting a watch. So on the stone of Jesus Christ where he was buried, on the tomb where that stone was, they put a seal there. If any man broke that seal, it was instant death. It was a death penalty. They put a bunch of Roman soldiers there, all set there, and they wanted to make sure that the disciples didn't come and steal that body away. So he's telling them in verse 65, you have a watch, go your way, make it as sure as you can. They're making it as sure as they can because they don't want this to happen. Now, knowing all of that, let's see what happens. Chapter 28, verse 1. In the end of the Sabbath, as it began to dawn towards the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher where Jesus was laid. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. Woo-wee. Can you imagine being there and you're crying and your loved one's been put in the grave and oh Jesus Christ such a great man. All of a sudden this angel comes down, there's a great earthquake and this angel comes down and takes that, tomb, that stone and, and rolls it away. Friends, he didn't roll that stone away so Jesus Christ could get out. He rolled that stone away so you could look in and see he's not there. That's, that's why he did that. Verse 3, his countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow and for fear of him... 
The keepers did shake and became as dead men. All those Roman soldiers and those men that the Pharisees had sent to watch over the tomb, they just see all this take place and they, <laughs> they start shaking and they just faint. <laughs> they can't take it. Of course they can't take it. I, I would do the same thing. I'm not making fun of them. If I'm sitting there and an angel comes down looking like lightning, boom, and the tomb rolls away, I would have just probably fainted. That would have been scary. Verse 5, And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. Amen. He says, hey guys, I know you're looking for Jesus, but you're not going to find him in a tomb. You're not going to find him in a cemetery. He's alive. He's risen. Guys, can you think about that for a second, that the best news the world ever got was from a cemetery? Amen. The best news you ever got was from a cemetery. And the news is, Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. That's the best news you ever received. He is not here, for He is risen. As He said, come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell His disciples that He is risen from the dead. And behold, He goeth before you into Galilee. There shall you see Him. Lo, I have told you. And they departed quickly from the sepulcher with fear and great joy. And did run to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, Jesus met them, saying, all hell. And they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Oh, man. Can you imagine running? Oh, he's alive. And all of a sudden, there he is right there. Hey, guys, how's it going? And they just run and jump on. Oh, Jesus. And they start worshipping him. Then said Jesus unto them, hey, be not afraid. Go tell my brethren that they go into Galilee, and there shall they see me. Hey, I'm going to show myself to you. Now, verse 11. Now, when they were going, behold, some of the watch came into... These are the people that... The Roman soldiers, these are them. And into the city and showed unto the chief priests all the things that were done. They come in and say, man, this angel came down, blah, blah, blah. We fainted. Verse 12. And when they were assembled with the elders and had taken counsel, they gave large money unto the soldiers saying, Say ye, his disciples came by night and stole him away while he slept. And if this come to the governor's ear, we will persuade him and secure you. So they took the money and did as they were taught, and this saying is commonly reported among the Jews unto this day. Guys, another undeniable truth about the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is this, that there was a government cover-up. Now, living in, the, living in the year 2016, you can understand government cover-ups. And it doesn't surprise you to find out when there's a government cover-up, there's something you can trace to the very root of this cover-up. It's called money. We'll give you a little bit of money and just say that they came and stole the bodies away. Guys, you know how laughable that is? A Roman soldier falling asleep on the job, that's instant death. They put you to death for that. You didn't just fall asleep on the job and say, oh, oh, well, oh well, let's go and tell them that we, we fell asleep and everything will be okay. They cut your head off for that stuff. You didn't just say that. And that, how, how silly that must have sounded to them when the, they start, the words started getting out. Well, they fell asleep and they came and stole They fell asleep. You're asleep and they have time to roll around this big old stone. They have time, these disciples, to roll the stone. And you didn't hear the stone being rolled? You're so fast asleep? Ludicrous. Government cover-up is going on today. And you see it in the media. You see it in the news. You see it in the TV. You see it in, you see it in the Discovery Channel. 
And these other, they try to cover up the truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. They do everything they can to make you doubt that Jesus Christ came up from the grave. Guys, I'm here to tell you, there's no doubt. And when you look into what they're trying to do to make you doubt, it's hilarious. It's laughable. It's like this stuff right here. Oh, you were asleep while they're rolling this stone. You know, breaking the seal. There was a movie that came out about a month ago. came to the theaters called Risen. I could recommend that movie. If you're curious about the resurrection of Jesus, I can recommend that movie. That movie shows a side of the Roman soldiers that were keeping the tomb. And all the stuff that happened, it shows Pilate wanting to find the body of Jesus because they don't believe he's alive. They believe his body was stolen. So they're trying to find the body. And it's, it's a really good movie that way. It's got a little bit of Catholic leanings in a couple of places. But other than that, it's pretty good. And it shows a Roman soldier. And in this, in this movie, I'm going to go ahead and give away the movie to you because you know the story anyway. Amen. In this process of trying to find the body of Jesus Christ, guess what he finds? He finds a body of Jesus Christ, all right, but it's alive. (laughs) And it changes this Roman soldier's life. It's a pretty good movie. It's a pretty good movie that way. I'd recommend it, yeah. I'd recommend it. But there's a government cover-up. Back in 2007, a documentary that came on the Discovery Channel called The Lost Tomb of Jesus. The Lost Tomb of Jesus. Documentary, James Cameron. Anybody heard of James Cameron? He did the movie Titanic, one of the best-selling movies of all time. He did the movie Avatar. This guy's a great producer and, and, and director and movie maker in Hollywood. He did this documentary, and the whole documentary was based on this. We found these tombs and the little ossuaries, their little boxes, and they think they had the name of Jesus on them, and they had the name of Joseph, on, the son of Joseph on this one, and, and Mary. So therefore, it has to be the bones of Jesus Christ. And in this documentary, they started trying to do DNA evidence. DNA evidence. I mean, just because they throw a scientific word at you, don't fall for this hogwash. Think about that. What are they going to DNA test for? Oh, yeah, he has the blood of the Son of God. That must have been Jesus. I mean, this is stupid. How are you going to know that? They don't know that. It's so ridiculous. I'm going to read you some of the comments. By non- These are non-believers. These aren't Christians. These are sci- this is from the scientific community. This guy's name is Josias. Zimska, this is the guy to help James Cameron, has no credibility whatsoever. This guy is the curator of anthropology and archaeology at the Rockefeller Museum in Jerusalem. This guy has a lot of credentials from 1972 to 1997. He says this guy is pimping off the Bible. He got this guy Cameron who made Titanic or something like that. What does this guy know about archaeology? I'm an archaeologist, but if I were to write a book about brain surgery, would you say, who is this guy? People want signs and wonders. Projects like these make a mockery of the archaeological profession. He says, I've known about, this guy's name is William Dever. I've known about these ossuaries for many years, and so have many other archaeologists, and none of us thought it was much of a story because these are rather common Jewish names for the period. (laughs) A lot of people had the name of Jesus, but there's only one Jesus Christ, amen? It's a publicity stunt. This guy says, it will make these guys very rich and it will upset millions of innocent people because they do not know enough to separate fact from fiction. This isn't a believer. This isn't a Christian that said this. This is an archaeologist saying, James Cameron's trying to pull the fool over your eyes. He's a fool. He don't know what he's talking about. Even the Archaeological Institute of America said the same thing. It's a sensationalist claim without any scientific basis or support. It's a government cover-up. They're trying to get you to not believe in Jesus Christ rising from the grave. Now, let me ask you a question. Why would they put that on the Discovery Channel if you've got scientists after scientists after scientists saying the same thing? One reason, they hate Jesus Christ, and they want to destroy your faith. That's why they do it. That's the only reason they do it. 
Have you ever asked yourself, why don't they show you a good documentary on Muhammad? <laughs> you ever wondered why they have it? I'll tell you why they have it. Got a yellow stripe that runs about from here all the way down here. They're a bunch of cowards. They can talk about Jesus Christ and mock and make fun of him. But when it comes to Muhammad, they're so chicken liver. Because they know the, Mah the Muslims will come up there and blow their building up. And shoot them and cut their heads off. They know Christians aren't going to do nothing to them. Because Jesus Christ told us not to do nothing to them. Amen? Amen? That's why they're not scared of us. They're just a bunch of cowards. They're just all a bunch of cowards. Turn to John chapter 20. Gospel of John chapter 20, please. Let's look at another evidence. So there was a government cover-up. There was obviously a government cover-up in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. John chapter 20, verse 3. Now here's another undeniable truth of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Verse 3. Peter therefore went forth and that other disciple and came to the sepulcher. See, they come and tell Peter that Jesus Christ is alive. So they, they, the body's gone. So they ran both together. The other disciple, that's John, did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. And he, stooping down and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet he went not in. See, John comes to the, to the tomb, he looks in there, but he don't have the guts to go on in there. John is kind of sitting out there, but Peter, you know how Peter is. Peter comes in, and what does Peter do? Then cometh Simon Peter, verse 6, following him, and went into the sepulcher, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkins that were about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Have you thought about that? If these guys are going to come and steal the body of Jesus Christ, they're going to take the time to unwrap all, unwrap this body, do all this, unwrap all this linen cloth, and lay it over the side, and lay the napkin, lay it neatly over the side. That's what somebody's going to do is trying to steal a body when you have all these Roman soldiers outside of a grave. You see how ludicrous this is? Verse 8, Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulcher, and he saw and believed. Another undeniable truth about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is simply this. They've never found his body or his bones. Yeah. Even though they try to say, oh, we, we, James Cameron does some kind of, like I said, some kind of, oh, we, we, we found him, we found him, oh, oh. You'll never find him. And when you find him, it'll be too late. You'll be bowing your knee down and your tongue will be confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. When you do finally find the body of Jesus Christ, it'll be up in heaven at the judgment seat. Yeah, listen to me. Our religion is different than any other religion you know of. Any. What separates out a Christian from any other religion is we don't have a prophet like Muhammad whose bones are still in a grave. We don't have a teacher like Buddha whose bones are in the grave. We have a Savior named Jesus Christ who's alive forevermore. That came out of a grave. You're never going to find his bones. You're never going to find his body. It's gone. He's gone. He's alive. He's up in heaven sitting on the right hand of God. You're never going to find it. That's what separates us out from all other religions. If they were to find the bones of Jesus Christ, it would destroy every one of our faiths. And they know it. And that's why they go so hard after that. Oh, man, they want to find it so bad. And, guys, I'm here to tell you, they're never going to find it. We, we serve a risen Savior. And that's one of the great proofs that Jesus Christ came up. They never have found the body. They never have found the bones. And they're never going to, because you can't find the bones of Jesus. He's alive. Listen, a Muslim comes to a Christian, and this Muslim says, uh, you need to convert to Islam, to the prophet Muhammad. And the Christian says, no, nah, that's not a good idea. He'll show you the way. And the Christian hears him say, he'll show you the way. And the Christian says, he'll show me the way. So you're telling me, you want me to go to a crossroads where I need to find the way. And there's two men there. One man lays there dead, and another man lays alive. 
Who should I ask which way is the way? And the Muslim said, well, the one that's alive. So you're going to send me to a dead man like Muhammad when I can go to Jesus Christ who's alive? Amen. Amen. I'm not going to some dead man. I'm not going to some pope. I'm not going to somebody like me that can die. I'm going to the word of God. I'm going to Jesus Christ. He's alive forevermore. It's undeniable. They can't find the bones. There's a government cover-up. There's five, over 500 witnesses seen him. Look at John. We're still in Gospel of John. Keep on turning. Look at verse 24. Here's another proof, undeniable proof of the, the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. John chapter 20, look at verse 24. But Thomas, one of the twelve, called Denimus, was not with them when Jesus came. He, Jesus, see, Jesus already presented himself to the disciples. The other disciples therefore said unto him, verse 25, We have seen the Lord. But he said unto them, I accept I shall see in his hands the print of the nails, and put my finger into the print of the nails, and thrust my hand into his side. I will not believe. So there's old Thomas, and you know what? That's where we get the term Doubt and Tom. You ever heard that? Somebody's a Doubt and Tom. That's where we get it from, right straight out of the Bible. I, he wasn't there, so he didn't see it with his own eyes. So he says, I, unless I can see those nails, prints in his hands, I can thrust my hand in his side, I'm never going to believe. Well, guess what's going to happen? <laughs> Verse 26, and after eight days again, his disciples were with him, and this time Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, now listen, he comes into this room, peace be unto you, and he turns straight to Thomas. And look what he says to Thomas. Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Amen. The Lord and Savior Jesus Christ shows up in his physical body and says, Thomas, come on over here. I'm going to show you something in my hands. Come over here. Thrust your hand in my side. Don't be faithless. Be believing. Come here. What does Thomas do? Verse 28, And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. That's what happens when you meet the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You can't do nothing but bend down and say, My Lord and my God. Amen. He's God manifesting the flesh. Jesus said unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen. That's everyone underneath the sound of my voice. And yet have believed. Amen. You're more blessed than Thomas. Because you've never seen a risen Savior, Jesus Christ. Even though yet you know He's alive, you've never seen Him, but yet you believe. Amen. Enough to come in here on a Sunday morning and to worship Him. You believe. You believe in this risen Savior. What's this undeniable proof? The undeniable, one of the undeniable truths about the resurrection of Jesus Christ is the, is the conversion of skeptics that truly seek Him. There's an undeniable truth about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. When you, you look at skeptics that truly seek Jesus Christ, and they get converted. Lee Strobel is one of the most famous ones. You ever heard of Lee Strobel? He wrote the book, Case for Christ. Lee Strobel was an avowed atheist. I don't want to have nothing to do with God. I don't believe there's a God. He was, a, he was an editor of the Chicago Tribune. He had won all these awards. He, was, he graduated from Yale. This guy was uppity up. He knew everything, very well educated. He comes home one day, and guess what his wife says to him? I got saved. I'm a Christian. Amen. And you know what Lee says? That's a bunch of hogwash. I'm a Christian, Lee. I got saved. And so what does Lee do? Lee says, Lee Strobel says, I'm going to investigate this for myself. And I'm going to prove to you that Jesus Christ wasn't even alive and Jesus Christ didn't come up from the grave. And guess what happened when he got through investigating it? 
my Lord and my God. <laughs> oh, friends, isn't Jesus so wonderful? If you will seek him, he will not run from you. He will show up in a mighty way. When, if you were to come down this aisle seeking Jesus Christ as a sinner, he might be on the other side of the universe, and he'll beat you down to the front of this church. He wants you. He loves you. He said, how much do you know he wants me, Brother Keegan? He was willing to die for you on the cross of Calvary. That's how much he wants you. That's how much he loves you. Before I got saved, I was into the occult pretty heavy. And uh, me and my friends, we would steal books out of the local bookstore on the occultism, witchcraft, on Satanism. And I stole this one book on witchcraft. And I remember studying it. It was teaching me these different things to do. Uh, one of the things it said to do in a grocery store line, it said, uh, as a witchcraft, you practice. Because it's all about power. See, witchcraft's all about power and being controlling over people. And as I was studying this book on witchcraft, it said, when you're in a grocery store line, it said to stare at the back of somebody's head and, it, and tell them, pick up, that, pick up that candy bar, pick up that candy bar, pick up that candy bar. And you're trying to control, mind control them, see? And you want them to reach down and pick up a candy bar. And then the book was teaching me, when you get better and you get them to picking up a candy bar, then you start telling them what kind of candy bar to pick up. So as I was studying through this witchcraft book and I'm studying this stuff, at the end of this chapter, I'll never forget it, it said, at the end of this chapter, at the end of this book, it said, don't try this on Christians. They're too stupid for this to work. And you know, I started, even as a skeptic, even as a worshiping Satan, even all the stuff I was into, I was thinking, now, no. I used enough of my head to think, I know some Christians that are pretty smart. Yeah. And they're not as stupid. See, the, and the Holy Spirit came right in there and said, ah, something's going on here. You need the truth, don't you? <laughs> yeah, I needed the truth. My Lord and my God. I needed Jesus Christ. And I wanted Jesus Christ. I just didn't know it. And I got all the power in Jesus Christ. Now, all that power I was looking for in witchcraft and all that, I got all that power in Jesus Christ. All the power to love and to change the world is right here. In Jesus Christ. In Jesus Christ, it's here. Look at Colossians chapter 1 in closing. I'm going to close in Colossians chapter 1. This will be the last one. There's many of these, and maybe I didn't do a good enough job of showing you some of these, but these are undeniable truths that Jesus Christ came from the grave. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27. Paul writes here, To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. One of the most undeniable truths of the resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is the testimony of millions of Christians and that testimony is, how do you know Jesus Christ is alive? I know Jesus Christ is alive because he's living in my heart today. Amen. He lives in me. Guys, when you start, li listen to me. If you listen to anything I've said this morning, listen to what I'm about to tell you now. When you start living your life like Jesus Christ can walk in those back doors, your Christian life will change. The problem with Christianity today is they're living their life like Jesus Christ is not alive. They're living their life like Jesus Christ is not living in here. Amen. And when you start living your life like Jesus Christ literally, physically can walk through those doors at any minute now, it will change your life. Amen. When you realize that Jesus Christ can show up at any moment, Come back from heaven. It can show up at any moment. Before I finish this sermon, Jesus Christ can show up physically. He's alive forevermore. And He can show up at any moment. You better get ready. You better be ready. Amen, brother. I'm ready. 
But when you live your life knowing that Jesus Christ is alive, it changes your life forever. Amen. You know, we was out there street preaching and closing. A lot of us had shut down because we've been out there over an hour. And Brother Ronnie, bless his heart. God bless you, brother. He was out there with me and Brother Chad Long. And Chad Long is a pastor over there at Faith. And Brother Chad came over there. He goes, man, I've always wanted to do this street preaching like this. He goes, I heard of people preaching, you know, preaching the word, not just holding up signs. I said, yeah, brother, I do that. But when there's a lot of my members around here, I don't like to do that because I don't want to embarrass them, you know. And he said, oh, well, I just like to hear some of that. I said, well, I'll tell you what, brother. I'll go back over that corner and I'll show you what I usually do. And I was talking to him about that. So I went over to the corner and this is exactly what I do. Every time I go street preaching, this is what I do. Muhammad is dead, Buddha, Buddha is dead, but Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. That's how you preach it, brother. It's just that simple. You preach that Muhammad is dead, Buddha is dead, and you preach that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. You preach Jesus, you glorify Jesus, you lift up Jesus. It's all about Jesus. It's about Jesus coming up from the grave. It's not, about, it's not about eggs laying off in the grass. It's not about Easter bunnies. It's about Jesus coming up from the grave. He's alive forevermore. And as a Christian, we need to grab a hold of that and proclaim that every Sunday is Resurrection Sunday for a Christian. Until Jesus comes back, we're going to keep proclaiming, He's alive. He's alive. He's alive and He's living in my heart. And He wants to come live in your heart too. Have you took him as your Lord and Savior? Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? Because I did the same thing, because I bowed my head, knowing I'm a sinner, and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.